Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the word. Hey guys, the season of fall is finally upon us. You know what that means. Pumpkins, yep, I'm a pumpkin person. Pumpkin spice, pumpkin pie, all things pumpkin. And one thing that I cannot seem to get on board with with fall being here though is the scary movies and the haunted houses that come along with it. Sorry, just can't do it. In fact, there was a time back in high school, my school, we went to, I don't know, some theme park and it happened to be in October and there were clowns everywhere with chainsaws. I mean, that's just wrong. And I spent the entire time there not at ease. I spent my time watching around every corner, even though I knew they were actors, for some clown to come out and get me. I even attempted to do a haunted house because my friends were like, come on, be in the moment, enjoy it. So I went into this haunted house and I came out with bloody knees and bloody knuckles. Long story. Anyways, I just can't get on board with that, right? It's not something that I want to abide in. When I think of fall and abiding in fall, I think of the leaves changing and the warm drinks and I'm just that happy person. (laughs) But I do not want to abide in all of the creepy stuff. I do not think of haunted house when I think of relaxing in fall. It's much easier to abide when we feel safe and at peace, isn't it? Did you know that when God calls us into discipleship, he is calling us into abiding with him? John 15, 1 through 5, and then I'm going to read 7 through 11. You might remember this verse from Pastor Quentin sharing with us what it means to abide, a picture of abiding and being a disciple of Christ. John 15, 1 through 5, 7 through 11 says, I am the true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends to the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting up and propping up the fruitful branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. So you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union with me and as me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Going on to verse 7 through 11. Hang in there, you're doing great. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it'll be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let love, my love, nourish your hearts. 
If you keep my commands, you will live in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands. For I continually lived, live, nourished, and empowered by His love. My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. Guys, as I read that and went over the scripture, the big thing that just kept jumping out at me was Jesus talking about living in intimacy with him, right? To abide in relationship with him, to abide in his love. And he would say continuously throughout your whole life, abiding in him. John 8.31 brings up this abiding again when it says, Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So this word abide, this word about staying connected with God and being in union with him and intimacy with him, what does that mean? Well, I'm a word nerd. We'll call it that. I like to look things up. So abide in scripture here means to stay, remain, wait, endure, live. It's hard to abide when you are in a state of fear. It's hard to wait, to remain, to live, to endure when you're in a state of fear. Or to be open to the joys that abiding brings. Wouldn't you agree? 1 John 4.18 tells us, Love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. So let me break this down a little bit for you. What am I getting at? Well, I have little kids. And when I'm putting them to bed at night, I want them to abide in their bed. I want them to feel at peace there, to rest there, to stay, and to know most of all that they are safe. In fact, when I'm putting my oldest son to bed, I always kiss him and say, you are safe, you are loved, you are amazing. Same thing that God wants for us. So when I'm doing that and I'm putting them to bed and I'm reassuring them and I want them to abide in their bed at night, what happens sometimes is that they begin to see shadows, right? Shadows from things that are in the room and they might hear a sound or the floor might creak or the, I don't know, the furnace downstairs we're about to get into all of the wood stove season. So, you know, maybe a piece of wood falls and they hear a noise. Or they also might think that I've left them there. For them to think that, that something's going on, something's going to get them, or that they've been abandoned, makes it really hard for them to abide in peace. Living in relationship with Jesus, I believe that we experience these things, these shadows and these noises that come to keep us from truly abiding, from being at peace and at rest in the Father. These little things that come, these shadows and these noises, they are lies. They are lies that our hearts believe. They are the little foxes. When we're talking about the vine and the Father being the vine and us being the branches and how he wants us to abide and bear fruit, I couldn't help but to think of the verse in Song of Solomon that talks about the little foxes that come. Maybe you've heard this before, maybe not, but I saw it in a whole new way today. 
Song of Solomon 2.15 says, You must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Hmm. They come to ruin. <laughs> they come to stop the abiding. Little foxes stand for unbelief, resistance, and hardness of heart. And hardness of heart is the great enemy of love, of being able to rest and abide, since everything depends on receptivity and openness, right? And this intimate relationship that we have with the Lord. So as I was thinking of this and feeling at peace with the Lord and abiding and these little foxes, these things that come in to hinder our relationship with him, you know how I thought of the disciple that really came to mind? Thomas. Uh, I know, I know. You're like, mm, doubting Thomas. Yeah, I mean, poor guy. He catches a really bad rap. <laughs> Uh, but what happened is a while back as I began to think about Thomas and think about the openness actually that he shared, instead of hardening his heart and closing off and running away when hurt came, when fear came, when frustration came, he actually opened himself up and he was really honest and he chose to abide, to press in and to stay even through his frustrations and confusion. See. I think Thomas knew how to abide even in questioning, which really, I mean, if we're truly honest, we can't do this life with Jesus without bumping up against things that bring questions and doubts and fears, those little foxes that want to come in and steal the truth and steal what he's implanted within us and the love that he's shed abroad in our hearts. So abiding in the Father, knowing the Word, isn't just about knowing what the Bible says. It's about knowing the one who wrote it, right? When we talk about abiding in the Father earlier in the scripture that I read, I know it was a lot, but in John 15, when it was talking about knowing, like knowing the Father and abiding in him means being in the word. And John 8 says, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples. And I think we can get into our minds into thinking that, well, Abiding in the word of God, that just must mean like knowing all the right things to say, right? Knowing all the right scriptures, knowing all of the Christianese, never messing up, never having fear, never having doubts, never let anyone see that we're not the perfect Christian that we're supposed to be. But that's not what it's about. Abiding in the Father, knowing the word, like I was saying, isn't just about knowing what the Bible says. It's about knowing the one who wrote it. It's about being open and honest with the one who opened himself fully for you. It's about relationship. See, Thomas catches a lot of heat because he was honest about where he was. He was hurt and frustrated and confused. But when you look at the scripture, you see that Thomas was still gathering with other believers. It's in John 20, in case you were wondering. <laughs> In John 20, it's all Thomas's story. It's involving the other disciples too and their hurts and their encounters with the Lord. But we see that even though Thomas like questions when everyone else is coming and they're like, Thomas, we encountered Jesus. We saw him. We know he's alive. And he was like, mm -mm, 
okay, well, unless I see him and put my fingers in his scars and, and touch him, I'm not gonna believe that. That's great for you guys, but I'm having a hard time here. I am struggling. But after that, Thomas still continued in discipleship. He still showed up gathering around the other community of believers who were push, pushing forward, who had had encounters with the Lord. So Thomas is still showing up. He is still gathering with other believers. He was still living, staying, waiting, even with the questions, even with the little foxes. So even with doubts, we can still choose to abide, to stay and wait. But we don't want those little foxes coming in and stealing the fruit that God's trying to produce in our lives. So what do we do? We're honest and we open ourselves up to the Lord and we open ourselves up for that encounter of the truth of who he really is and who we are to him. See, when Jesus came with Thomas, he didn't just show up and like bang him on the side of the head, right? He didn't cut him off. He wasn't like, Thomas, get it together. He didn't tell him off. He didn't shove him to the side. What did he do? When Jesus comes before Thomas, when he appears after eight days after Thomas had said this and presented his question. So if you've been questioning the Lord about something or you've been opening up about your struggles, just because it hasn't been immediate, doesn't mean that he's not coming with a truth, with, with an answer for you, with whatever he wants to reveal to you, right? So trusting in his timing, waiting, abiding, well, Jesus opens himself up to Thomas. I love it because it actually says in John 20 that he made eye contact with Thomas. So he called him by name and he looked him in the eyes. I mean, that is intimacy. He abides with Thomas. Thomas has a personal encounter with Jesus that went beyond words into an experience, went beyond the Bible verses and the things that he had known and that others had told him into a personal encounter for himself. The main thing that I see in these scriptures is God staying consistent with who he is, that he meets people where they are. In your discipleship process with the Lord, he wants to meet you where you are, not where you think you should be or where somebody else said that you should be or what you know to be true or what you've been struggling with. Like, why haven't I gotten to this place yet? And okay, well, he wants to meet you right where you are doesn't mean that he's not calling you higher or further, but he wants to meet you there and walk with you. And then face to face, he brings healing, he brings life, and he brings hope. See, in Song of Solomon 2.15, I want to go back there. You must catch the troubling foxes, those lies, the, the doubts, the hurts, the things from past that have been buried that are still stealing joy or still stealing the things that God's trying to do in your life. You must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship, for they raid our budding vineyard of love and ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. Did you catch that? the end of this verse. Will you catch them and remove them for me? I mean, isn't that the cry of our hearts sometimes? Like, God, just take this, just take it away, just deal with it. And he says, we will do it together. God wants to deal with the unbelief, the resistance, the hardness of heart that has kept us from experiencing what joy it truly is to abide, to be in an open relationship, to feel at peace, not at fear, 
with the Lord. He wouldn't tell us to, to do it, to abide in him and be in his word and that it's safe to come to him and, and to trust him. He wouldn't tell us that. He wouldn't say, you can fully abide in me and I'll fully abide in you unless it was possible, right? So it is. It is possible to do that. So don't be afraid to be honest with him, to call out the things in the dark and bring them to light. The lies your heart believes about who he is and who you are. The things that torment your mind and keep you from that sweet exhale of surrender with the Father. It's okay if it doesn't sound right. It's okay if, if you think, well, but I can't say that. Like, what will people think of me if I admit that I actually struggle with believing that the Lord is good? I know that's not right up here. Okay, but is your heart in line with that? So those things that your heart is at war with with your head, that's what this discipleship process is about, bringing those things together, having our heart come into the agreement with the truth of the word that we're bringing into our minds. So being open and saying, God, I'm having a hard time believing that you're good or that you'll provide. And because this, because this experience, I'm having a hard time and opening up. And you know what? It's not so that you can be like, <gasps> what? He already knows these things are going on within our hearts. We're opening ourselves up so that we can open ourselves up to that encounter with the Lord so that when we expose those lies, he can come in and bring truth. So it's okay if it doesn't sound right. (laughs) You don't have to be afraid. He already knows what it is. He already loves you and he will love you. Speak it out. Bring it to light. Those those little foxes that are hindering your relationship with him, that are painting a picture of the Father that's not true, that's painting a picture of yourself that's not true. Bring those things to light. And if you're not sure what they are, ask Holy Spirit and he'll show you. Bring those to light and together with him, replace those lies with the truth and watch the beautiful fruit that will come forth because we have that promise in the word. Abide in him. He'll abide in us. And that fruit that we'll bear in our lives, that will be the joyful part of abiding with him. Let's pray really quick. Father, thank you so much for this time that we got to have together. Thank you for the truth of your word that discipleship has a lot to do with abiding with you. But we don't have to be afraid. You're not a father that's waiting to bang us on the side of the head if we get something wrong or just waiting for us to mess up, but you are loving. We're not living this life with you in fear of punishment, but we're obeying the word and obeying the things you've spoken into our hearts because we love you and because you love us. So thank you for that love, that love that comes and conquers all fear. And God, as we're abiding with you and you've been planting things in our heart and you're trying to bring things into fruition and and growth in our lives, if there's places where these little foxes, these lies, these places where we've, we've hardened our hearts out of fear or out of hurt or just places where lies have been sown about who you are to us and, and who we are to you, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would expose those things now And even as we just go about our day-to-day life, because that's abiding with you, it's living with you, it's day-to-day. Thank you for exposing those things that would try to hinder the 
the love that you have for us. I would try to hinder the things that you are wanting to do in our lives. So thank you, Father, for exposing those boxes. And just as your word says, that we will do that together, that this isn't a journey that we're on on our own. But Father, that as we expose, as you expose those lies and we bring them out and we're honest with you, that your goodness meets us where we're at, that you lock eyes with us, you call us by name, and you speak the truth into our hearts where that lie once was. And we thank you for the fruit that will come. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us at the Anchor Church this morning. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at the Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.